Thanks for tuning into the Live It podcast. My name is Jason Walton, the host. I'm really excited about the content that we're going to be sharing because it's going to be extremely helpful to entrepreneurs and to other high achievers. As entrepreneurs, we can choose to engage in producing a good or a service that makes the world a better place, enriching the lives of everyone associated with it. Let's not settle for anything less. In addition, I'm gonna regularly challenge each of us to increase our awareness of the needs of people around us, and then to boldly take action. We're gonna make the world a better place, not just through the goods and services we produce, and not just through the jobs we create, but by flooding the world with love and kindness. The information my guests are gonna be sharing on the podcast is gonna be based on our life experiences. It's not meant to be warranted as absolute truth. We don't stand behind the accuracy of the things that we're sharing, sorry. Feel free to fact check and do some homework on your own. It'll go a long way and it'll be a very useful exercise. Thanks for being a part of the Live It community. I hope you embrace and enjoy the journey. On this week's Jason Walton Live It podcast, we have my friend, Roger Rojas. And Roger is a very accomplished creative director and kind of, I would say the way I would describe you is the creative director to CEOs and to celebrities. So for people who are in the creative space, Roger is at the top of the pyramid. And so thanks for joining us, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So Roger, um, how did you get started being a creative? It actually started with a marketing internship with Gatorade. So I was going into my senior year and that summer I had a friend who had the opportunity to jump on a marketing internship where it involved uh, an ambulance painted in black yeah. and the Gatorade logo on the side. And we started in Miami and go up the East Coast. And so at the time I had someone post something on Facebook about it and it was his entry video. And as anyone else does, they would ask about it. And he had told me the, the internship was done and that, you know, if anything would come up, he would let me know. Nine and 10 times you hear that. You're like, he's not going to call me. Long behold, the day before the internship starts, one of the uh, marketing interns drops. And he's like, hey, we're skipping two thirds of the process. I vetted to the marketing director of the company of who you are, what you've done. Send me your resume and you need to jump on the next phone call with him. I said, great, let's do it. And you know, I went through that call, it went well. And the next day I started. And wow. that involved putting a camera in my hand. And they asked <laughs> me, have you taken pictures? I said, of course, I'd never taken a professional picture in my life. Seriously. And what I did though, was my friend, he was a photographer. I'd always asked him that, you know, to have the settings right on the camera, because when we would pull up to these high schools, we were educating them on hydration and we would go through a presentation using the marketing Gatorade products of the pre, which was a chewable, the during, which is the Gatorade that we all drink. And then the post at a post shake. And so while he was doing that, I would be in the back taking photos that was then used to the decks to let them know, you know, the kids we were working with and they would be in the back with me taking another photo and we would print a Gatorade bottle for them to take home with their face on it. So out of nowhere, you get this internship with Gatorade. You had no experience with a camera. No. They put a camera in your hand. We've come a long way since then. So yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to how you, you met our friend Dan, and I want to make sure we remember to get to that story. I mean, you had to have been good pretty quickly with the camera. Or it, what was the process between the first time a camera was put in your hand I mean, I've seen your work and it's amazing. Thank you. Thank and you. so like some, some things have happened. I'd like to know the process of how you started. Yeah, it, it's what came after that that really accelerated it all. So, you know, they always say, especially as you're starting, you never know. For me, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did trial and error with various jobs, give or take anywhere from like eight to 10 before yeah. I had a camera in my hand. And when I did that, I had a family friend who had a professional drone company. And this was back in 2015. 
So, or I'm sorry, yeah, 2015. And so at that time, having a drone wasn't as accessible as it is today. It was one of those things where you would just see movies. And I had told him there, I knew he had an on-site photographer and I wanted to shadow him. And I wanted to experience what that day, day in the life was and honestly just ask him endless questions since I was not educated on holding and having a camera. And so I did that. And then by the end of the day, he was driving me home and he said, there's a gift for you in the back. And I looked back and it was a camera. And I told him, you know, you know, are you giving this to me? What is this like? He's like, I want you to go back to university and just create content. That's the only thing I asked from you. I don't wow. want anything from you. I, I just want you to create content. And I was a part of a fraternity. And the first thing I did was make a fraternity recruitment video. You know, as solar sales, recruitment video is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. what gets people in the door. Sure. And I was very passionate with my fraternity. And I said, okay. And then from there, uh, other organizations within my university and clubs were asking, hey, can you do this video? Hey, can you do that video? One of my best friends was in a sorority. Hey, can we, you make arts? Long before you know it, um, I caught wind from a restaurant across the street from my university. And he said, hey, I can't pay you, but I would love for you to help out with my social. I said, done. And at the time, if anyone in university knows when you're living off campus, you don't have no money. Right. I was like, how often can I really eat here? You know, he said, as much as you want. So it's a done deal. Through that, and there's a great lesson here that I rarely talk about is the opportunity of the capital relationships. I had an elective class the year before. It was modern dance. You had to get an art class in. I met an individual there that changed my life. He was someone that I rarely spoke to during the class, but it was always after we would hang out for five, 10 minutes. And he was the nutrition specialist for this restaurant that I was doing social media for. All right. And he had seen my work through there with Gatorade. Yep. And he was opening a gym about two to five miles away from my university. It was my first ever paid job. He had recorded various clips of the gym being built, the wall art, them moving in equipment. And at the time, Instagram was only 15 second videos. And he said to me, hey, can you make three clips for me? What do you charge? So any creator knows that is the scariest question you get asked when you're started because you don't know your worth. You have zero confidence. You don't know who you are, what that looks like. And I said to him, you know, on edge, hundred bucks, confidently, he was done. <laughs> it was the most, I still remember editing that video in my living room at the time in my apartment with my five other roommates and how nervous I felt sending it to him. And he loved it. Fast forward, when graduation came around, he offered me a full-time marketing position. And this is where, for me, this is someone that I was very, very passionate about having that accomplishment under my belt of having a job before I graduated. I was very fortunate. I came from an amazing family. And it was definitely a pride thing of saying to my family, hey, I'm graduating from this private university and I have something set up. And little did I know, I couldn't even describe my own role of what that was. Because again, you're in 2015, social media wasn't a want. Um, you know, people didn't necessarily think that it was necessary and explaining my role to my family became something that became a rabbit hole of kind of confidence of sure. what I was doing. Yeah. And I thought you said you had a job. Yeah. <laughs> kind of I think like, I don't understand. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, that is, was yeah. that the conversation? Yeah. They, really, it was just a conversation about just saying what I was doing, taking pictures at a gym. Yeah. And you're a parent. Yeah. And it's kind of when you see that your son or someone that you love is kind of going through a Catholic education, private university in New York, and then you're just, they thought I was settling. They thought it was something that it wasn't big enough for what I had done. And it kind of, for me, that was the trajectory of it all, of proving them wrong, of knowing that I needed to do more and I wanted to have that 
feeling of just being confident in myself and also in my to my family. So fast forward, what was after the gym? It was two years of saying yes to every job under the sun. Name it, it and I did it. If it was a baptism, if it was soccer practice, a basketball game, a football game, taking pictures, you know, of newborn babies. Anytime someone asked me to do it, I did it. And going back to the question at the beginning where you referred to how did you learn? Everything was YouTube. Self-taught, everything. Every question I had, I would YouTube it and I would Google it. I would read blogs. I would watch endless videos in my room. And then I would go out and do it. And then kind of, you know, as they say, the art of make it my own way. I would learn it a certain way and then I would go out and do it and then tweak it towards something that I liked. Is it safe to say then that even during that time when you weren't being paid very much and you're doing baptisms and you're doing whatever, that you were intentionally honing your craft and trying to get better with each one? The thing that I kept telling myself was no one that starts anything new had that expertise in them. And for me, it was going back to the validation of I knew I would create the confidence through putting in the work. Yeah. That's what I kept telling myself, even though not I, I contemplated what I would create every day and my worth in my work. Even though I had opportunities, I wouldn't say this was an amazing video a video. I was always scared to kind of give it to the client. And it wasn't because of the type of work I was doing. It was just more so I didn't have the confidence or the portfolio. And I knew there was two things I could control showing up and then going above and beyond. And I really believe that for me, that's what has always set me apart is like, you're expecting one thing and I would stay two hours longer. You were expecting 20 photos and I would give you 40. And you know, there's a saying of Kobe when we talk about practice and the longevity of just surpassing other people, he would practice four times in a day. So no matter what, the guy who practiced twice, he just wouldn't catch up because it was just overlapping over time and over time. And I did that consistently, just Monday through Sunday. Even on Sundays, I would go to church, I would serve on the media team. And I was learning. I think this is interesting because I've had on the podcast professional athletes, successful CEOs, um, people who are at the top of their profession. And this is a theme that I hear over and over and over is that it's mindset. That whatever the field is that you go into, that you win it in the mind. Right. And, and it's in execution. And I'm hearing that that's how you got to the top of your profession. Yeah, and I would say a little bit of luck and I'm so blessed with the relationships of the people that believed in me. And I always say this, the the gentleman I referred to earlier who was opening the gym, Frankie D'Agostino, he believed in me before I believed in myself. He would always tell me, your video is amazing. Your videos are amazing. He would hire me for his family stuff. He would always talk to me to go out there and figure stuff out. All the baseline fundamental business lessons, I learned it from him. Shout out to Frankie. Yeah. I would have to say, though, that I'm guessing that Frankie also knew you. And and so I, I know we're going to get into like some of the other things that maybe we can call luck, but it's been my experience that over a long enough timeline, when you keep performing and doing things in an excellent way, things happen. Right. And so it's easy to look back now and say it's luck. We're going to hear maybe about some other things that we could think is luck. I'm going to say maybe over a timeline, it wouldn't have been Frankie. And maybe it wouldn't have been Dan Fleischman. And maybe it wouldn't have been somebody, someone else. But if you keep performing and getting better and better and better, then people who reward value, which is going to be your clients, celebrities and CEOs who recognize greatness, your time was inevitable. Yeah. But my, my university president always said it. It's only one thing you should do over and over again. It's just show up. 
by you then showing up, you're putting yourself in a position to win. It's also something I learned from Dan. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I've heard that too. Speaking of Dan, I'd love to hear the story how the two of you met. <laughs> so in 2017, Frankie and I, or should I say 2018, Frankie and I partnered and we opened a local barbershop across the street from my university. During that time, we were doing a podcast together. And our goal was, again, our network. And at the time, I had a relationship with Elena Cardone. And via Instagram, I sent her a DM and saying, hey, Elena, I would love to have you on our podcast. Are you available this upcoming Tuesday around 1 o'clock? Shortly after she answered, she said, not 1, but at 10 a.m. I said, perfect. She's like, yeah, I'll be in my office in Miami. We could shoot there. I had no business to be in Miami. The reason I said Tuesday, because I thought Tuesdays were the cheapest day to fly from New York to Miami. And it was Sunday. I called Frankie. I said, Frankie, we're going to Miami tomorrow. We have a podcast with Lena Cardone at 10 a.m. And uh, we're lucky enough. Not only are we getting her on the podcast, we're able to use her studio. So we don't even have to fly a camera person in or nothing. Wow. We go down there. We do the podcast. As we're done, I get a call from another friend of mine, someone who I've been so lucky to not only call a friend, but to work with. His name is Casey Adams. Mm -hmm. Young entrepreneur and absolute hustler. He contacts me and says, hey, I see you're in Miami. There's a, an event I'm speaking in Tampa and I would love for you to come and, you know, help me out and document that vlog, do the whole thing. Again, I referred to earlier in the, uh, earlier I said I had opened up a barbershop with my best friend Yeah, and he was with me. And I said, I said confidently on the phone, Hey, I have a, I have a business I have to get, get back to. And even though I would love to go to Tampa, I, I don't feel it's good for, for me to go. Frankie tells me to mute it. And this goes back to what you said earlier, someone that knows you in greatness and opportunity. Yeah. He then looks at me and says, did you even get a chance to look at the event of who's going to be there and the people that you could meet? I said, no. He goes, tell me your call back and let's check it out. He looks at the names. He looks at the people. He tells me this is something we should go to. He's like, first says you. And then he says, I would love to go with you too. And I was like, yeah, I would love for you to be there. We then look at flights. Crazy. It's only a four and a half hour drive, give or take. And the flights were expensive. And again, this is coming from someone as a creator who was just starting. I didn't have much money. And even though I was being asked to go there, I was doing it for free because I wanted to be in the room. Frankie's a firefighter for New York. He then contacts Hertz. They have some form of discount. We're able to get to Tampa for under 100 bucks. And this talks about synergy and alignment. As we arrive in Tampa, Casey lands. He jumps in our car. We had no hotel room. He's checking in as a speaker. They give him a hotel room. As he's checking in, he gets notified the other king bed in his room was another speaker. He didn't want to share it. He got his own room. We had a king bed <laughs> where now we have somewhere to stay. Yep. Next day, Casey's going, you know, following behind him. And at the time, Casey earlier in the year, this was in March of 2019. In January of 2019, that was the first time I had heard or seen of Dan. He had interviewed him at Casey's event. So Casey was interviewing Dan, had heard of him, but no relationship at all. We go, we're in the back of the room. It's myself, Casey Adams, and Dan. I don't know him, never, never spoken to him. Casey slides me a sticky note. and Dan wrote on the sticky note, video, question mark, paid. Casey whispers at me saying, this video guy's in here. Do you want to do this? And again, don't know him. I would love to do it. I would have done it for free. I said, I nod my head, I said, of course. This next part, I've never spoken about this. I couldn't afford a lavalier mic. So as any content creator knows, 
that is most necessary to capture the audio, the clearest audio yeah. of a speaker. Sure. And I only had a road mic. There was a kid in the back I met five minutes prior who I saw who had one. I walked up to him and said, hey, brother, I don't have my love mic. It, it just, it's not working. Can you, can I borrow yours for five minutes? My, my speaker is about to go up in a few. He said, of course. I have never seen this before. I've never put this in my hand. I laugh and I go, oh, this one looks different. Can you teach me how to use this? Where's the power button? And I jokingly laugh. He then looks at me and he goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kidding. I was like, this one goes on him, right? And this one goes on the camera. And this, you know, is plugged in here. And as I'm joking with him, I'm doing it for him to correct me if I was doing it wrong. And he's like, oh, you're, come on, dude. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I was like, it's on though. We're good. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, perfect. Put it on Dan. Dan does his 30 minute, 45 minute speech. And then I thought to myself, what can I do for him to remember me? This is someone who has an incredible business background, someone who I admire and what he was doing. He's a good man. I mean, it's like if you wanted to get in with someone, he's a good human being. I told myself, what can I do to go above and beyond? I finished the video. I immediately go to my hotel room and I make him an Instagram clip less than an hour of him getting off stage. And then I said to Casey, I didn't have his numbers. Hey, can you throw this in a group chat? I want to send this to him. So he throws in a group chat. And not only do I send him the video, he posts it within five minutes. After him posting it, again, this is someone who I would have done it for free. You're saying Dan posted it within Correct. five minutes. Yeah, within five Flash minutes, me. Dan posted on his social. Yeah. He not only sends me the money, he sends me more money. Again, I would have done this for free. The trickle effect of what that moment was for me in my life was never the same. 48 hours later, he introduces me to a music executive. This music executive was behind putting New Kids on the Block together. John Mayer's, one of his biggest albums, Hips Don't Lie with Shakira, Jonas Brothers, the list goes on and on. The people he's worked with, Sean Mendes. He then puts me in a group chat with this gentleman saying, Roger meet X. This gentleman is looking to put a music course together and Roger could execute for you. That involves an entire summer working with this man. He then gives me access to 20, 2019 VMAs, full access to it, red carpet, meeting every celebrity you can think of in the music wow. space. Wow. Spending time with him and his family, who I got to get to know very closely in who? the Hamptons. Who? Charlie Walk. Okay. And then it was just on and on. Every time, at the time I was living in New York City, and every two months, every month, he would put me in a group chat with someone. Dan would Fleischman, Fleischman put you in a group chat with yeah, someone. Yeah, to connect with someone. And it was everyone you could think of um high high profile celebrities or ceos and it was always the same thing he does the same thing to me still yeah <laughs> it's always the same thing roger meet x yeah. x me roger he could help you with whatever you need and he did that over and over and over again let's fast forward to november of 2019 he sends me a text saying hey I'm, i have an event going on this weekend are you available I said yes puts me in touch with the team I still remember October 31st, 2019, I fly into LA by myself. Been there maybe once, twice. Don't know anything about LA. And it ended up being the first ever 100 million mastermind experience. And for those who don't know, Dan has a mastermind co-founded with Joe Marion. Mm -hmm. It's 100 people that pay $100,000 to attend this event. This room was filled with every CEO that I looked up to in one dinner. I still remember the first night, Friday night, was in a Beverly Hills mansion and I got there extremely early. You want to talk about like nervous and excited all at one? That was me. The event started at seven. I think I was there at three 
in a suit. And at the time in university, being a fraternity guy, I always wore a suit. Was that at Bilzerian's place? Uh, that was the next day. Okay, it was that okay. Saturday. But right, Friday yeah. night, I was in Beverly Hills Mansion. And I got there. I still have the video clip of not only the members arriving, there was 28 instructors. And each instructor were people that I admired who had incredible business accolades. And what Dan had him do, breaking the ice, say your name, what have you done, and what are you looking forward to by being a part of this group as an instructor? And that you want to talk about power mixed with confidence and pride of just being in the presence of those people. And, you know, they talk about just being in the room, you're one step closer. That moment of being surrounded by those people that I realized that a lot was about to change by me just being there. And did it? It did. That night he had, he flew in Mark Wahlberg from London. He interviewed Mark Wahlberg. The next day we're at Dan Bilzerian's home in Bel Air. Aside from the various speakers that were all amazing from Jordan Belfort to a list of incredible business people. In the evening we had a charity poker night that was hosted by uh, Chris Tucker. Nick Cannon was the DJ and he had Tiger perform. And then the next day he rented out the Porsche experience. He had Magic Johnson there, Dennis Rodman, Chris Jenner. And this is the moment that I laugh about. And I haven't, again, spoken about this either. Through this essentially seven or eight months of working with Dan, I never spoken to him on the phone. Wow. It was only through text. Mm -hmm. Even through that event, because there was so much going on, I didn't have a chance to even say hi. It was Sunday. They had their breakout sessions. And in the back of the Porsche Experience, there's a tea area. And I see him grabbing tea by himself. And so I simply went up to him and I said, Dan, I just want to say, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm grateful that you've given me a chance to not only do what I do, but fly me out. I still remember this. He looks at me and he smiles and he goes, you don't know this yet, but you're moving to LA. I was like, what? I, I was just like, you know, and then he smiles and then he just walks off. And I was so, it was a moment of like distraught, not sure. What is he talking about? You know, I live in New York. I, I know what he's it. talking about because I know him. <laughs> yeah. And long behold, probably, you know, June. So it was November of 2019, uh, June 27th, 2020. I made the move to LA and I started working for him full time. Why do you think it is that Dan said you're moving to LA? I have my opinion as to why. Honestly, I, I think it was, it was going back to what I said before. It's just like, I just always made it happen. That's right. I just I just showed up. Yeah. You know, there there's one story that he connected me with Cindy Eckert, a woman that I adore as a human and also in business. She created the female Viagra, sold it for a billion dollars. And because of him, I met her and I had a chance to work with her. And there was one day she hit me up. It was a Monday. And yeah, it was literally Monday or, or yeah, it was the day before. And she said, hey, I'm speaking in LA tomorrow at 9 a.m. Can you make it out? Can you fly out right now? I said, yeah. Packed a backpack, flew out to LA, landed at midnight, woke up at 6 a.m., filmed her at 9 a.m. And I had to be back by Wednesday morning. So I took, I filmed her for 45 minutes and then I took a flight right back to be back in New York City Tuesday. Well, you're exactly right about Dan. And I don't think he's unique in this about saying, he values people when they just show up. When people just do what they say they're going to do, that goes a long way for someone's reputation and for their career. Because the, the fact is most people can't do it. They can't 
keep their commitment and just do what they said they were going to do and show up. And so being a CEO myself, when you're working with 100 or 200 or 300 different people and there's four or five people that when you give them an assignment, it always gets done and gets done with quality, but it, it always gets done. You want to surround yourself with people like that. You can't let those people go because there's a whole other group of people that's the majority of people who come back to you with excuses and complaints and why it cannot be done. And that sucks up your most valuable resources as CEO, which is time. So your time cannot be spent uh, trying to hire the same person to do the same thing seven times. And so when you when you run to someone who is dependable and capable, you just can't let that go. I feel extremely lucky. You know, even talking about it now, it's like surreal. It really, oh. it really is surreal to just talk about the journey and have that kind of that moment, you know. Because yeah. even being in that room as it was going on, I kept contemplating, and this goes back to any creator that just feels that something's off or kind of your value of work and who you're working with is that you only you build that through putting in the work and just doing it over and over and over and over and over. Um, while when I was as a creator and when I first started, when I finished from university, I was dating someone and she would always send pictures of the back of my head on my desk <laughs> late at night. Yeah. Because I was just obsessed. Like there's no other word. Like I was just obsessed and I would just make sure that whatever I had to do, I had to get it done. And my confidence came from just the mundane, just, just showing up over and over and over. And if I didn't know, I would figure it out. You know, here's another great story. There was a time I got asked to do an engagement shoot. I'd never done one before. And I wasn't familiar with the area. And they told me the location. This is a great hack. If you've never been somewhere, especially now, and you're asked to do a certain type of shoot, especially an engagement shoot or wedding shoot, go to Instagram, put the location in, then use the hashtag engagement. And you have a set of portfolios, photos that you could recreate with them. <laughs> As I was there, I had never been to this park, had never stepped a foot near it. And I was walking them through photos. Every time I was looking at my phone, I was like, yeah, I'm just, I, I had a list of Photoshop, photos I wanted to recreate. I would look around the park to see where it was and I would walk them through and just mimic the photo. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. But it's also smart and shows a lot of preparation. Roger, what is the biggest mistake you think young creators make? Over delivering on what is promised, or, or sorry, over promising on what is expected. Well, that's great advice. Because as creators, I highly recommend doing the opposite. Yeah, please elaborate because I, I, I know you're going with this and I agree. Yeah. When it comes to, you could apply this to anything, but especially with content creators, Yeah, is that if they tell you to do one thing, make sure that is done. And then what is it to you if you stay an extra 30 minutes? And this is something that I learned from Frankie when we would do these events at these carnivals for people to become members at the gym. I would be there documenting it all, but also kind of assisting in any way I could talking about classes because I was always there. So to a certain extent, I definitely was an ambassador of the gym. And what I learned from him, what he would always tell me, he goes, you make your money when you show up early and stay later. It's not in the madness of it. It's when everyone else is leaving and you're still there. And you're still able to, as a photographer, you can't recreate that photo or that moment of that mom and that dad that day. It's an event that's happening only once a year. Let it be a marriage. Let it be a birthday. And so by you doing that and overextending your arm to serve someone that's not only paying you to be there, but to be a part of that moment. As a creator, that's what we do. We capture moments that then can be relived. And so I took that, you know, as, as one of the most important things that you can do as a creator is to do that. And when you do the opposite, it hurts you. Yeah. So 
Under and promise. I've been there. I, I have been there. I'm not no no way near perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had some failures with that. Sure. Where they were expecting this and then I didn't do that. Or the simple fact they didn't like what was done. They didn't like the angles. They didn't like the video. Yeah. Um, that happens. And you just got to take it on the chin and just keep going and then know that however that could be worked out with the individual if it doesn't, if they still want to work together, um, that you would get that done and more. Um, and then it, with those moments, I would say this too, when you're feeling that moment of playing catch up with a client, don't just tell them because they already know what you're going to do. Just do it. That's great advice. Under promise and over deliver. And you gave a couple examples of that already about when someone wanted 20 pictures, you gave them 40. You said when Dan Fleischman had you uh, show up and record him, you then made an Instagram clip reel for him and sent it to him. Under promise, over deliver. Right. Yeah. It generally gets you other invitations and referrals. And it looks like, I mean, it sounds to me that that's kind of how your career got launched. You mm -hmm. under promise, over delivered, said yes, showed up when you were supposed to be there, did high quality work. And people who value that um, uh, kept booking you. Yeah. And I would say the energy that you give off, right? Like people want to be next to someone that they enjoy talking to. They want to be next to someone that um, you enjoy their company. And it's it's definitely an add on to that. So I always say show up with a smile. You know, even though you're probably not having the best day, just remember that you're paid to be there. You know, that was another huge thing as a creator that I had to learn is don't get caught up in what you're shooting. And, you know, as I was growing as a creator, the people I was working with, the events I was doing just kept getting bigger and bigger. And there would be moments where I would be in the moment of not taking pictures and forgetting why I'm in the room. And so I'd say as a creator, never forget that why you're in the room, why you're there. You can talk to people and you can do that. But the most important thing is to get done on what, why you're supposed to be there. So at this point, and you, you met Dan in 2018. Here uh, we, I met 2019. 2019. Yeah. We're only in 2022. And in that short period of time, you have done so many things with so many celebrities and so many executives that we would all know are there are there a couple of a, a couple of uh, gigs that you can share with us that you yeah. were particularly fun so this is a great one um so it was in 20 is it 20 yeah 2019 uh, i get a call frankie who's a part of the new york fire department has a friend who would do commercials and movies and things like that and I was nowhere near that level. Again, I was doing social media content, you know, minute clips of gym fitness classes and again, birthdays of kids. And he contacts me and says, hey, I have a gig with the NFL. It involves going to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, it's not paid, but everything's going to, all your expenses are. With the relationship that I knew he had with Frank, I didn't question, I didn't say what we were doing, what, why were we going? I said, cool, tell me, you know, when do I need to be ready and how long we'll be gone to make sure I don't have any other commitments and I'm in. Again, I didn't know where I was going to, what I was doing and why I was there. He just told me that he loved my work and he loved what I could do and that he, you know, he wanted me there and he had a contract with the media team for full access and it was the NFL award show. Next day shows up and he says, Hey, you're going to go to the airport. You're going to jump in this car. You're going to go to the airport. You're going to pick up, uh, you're going to record Patrick Mahomes getting off his jet with Andy Reid and you're going to bring them back. And then you're just going to document him till the moment he gets his award and he flies home. I said, great. And at that, that was the year that Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. And I spent the whole day with him. And someone who loves football, especially as talented as Patrick Mahomes is, um, that day was amazing because it made me realize that how far relationships could go. And going back to, again, what I said at the beginning of 
never knowing what door can lead to the other, to the next one. And through just showing up and having amazing relationships, how far word of mouth can go. That's a great story. Did that have anything to do with all the other work that you've substantively done for the NFL? No, it was just it was just like opportunity. And yeah. uh, again, like relationships. L- last year, I was very fortunate um, to follow DJ Ski, who's Dan's business partner in Cards and Coffee, the card. Yep. Um, and that's how I met him. And he's the official DJ for the Vikings. Okay. And that led into me having you know full access to not only documenting DJ Ski, but being on the field for every home game of the season. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of just been it over and over again. Again, I referred to earlier shooting the 2019 VMAs. That was pretty wild. Yeah. Because that, when I came, went to that, I was following around a young artist who had just signed. I wasn't, you know, when you go to these award shows, there's a barricade. And the barricade behind the barricade are all the professional photographers representing various magazines and outlets. I was legit on the carpet. Wow. And because of that, I had met endless artists. Everyone you can name in, in the music industry was there. Yeah. And that moment made me realize like how far a camera could take you. And that's what I always talk about to young creators as well, is that remembering the camera is your vessel to be in rooms that you shouldn't be in. You're capturing moments for people to look back on and in today's world to share to the world on social. But that camera gives you your vehicle to meet these people and make money and travel the world. And that's where I've been so blessed and thankful to say that I've been able to do that. You've, you've talked a lot about things that you did early for free and for a little bit of money. And look, I know you, Raj, and I know now you've honed your craft, you have your reputation. You're living fine, right? Like it's not a whole lot of free anymore and you're, yeah, you do no, very, you know very what? well for yourself. You're making a good living. Right, yeah, I definitely do. But you know what? I still do. Yeah. Like I really do. If I just believe that Dan, I learned this from Dan, relationships are the fast forward bun to life. And they may have another camera guy. They may have another videographer, but I'll still show up to be in the room and say, hey, I'm not, I don't want to take away from their job. I'm adding. They're, they're doing what they're doing. And I don't want to stop them from doing that. I'm just going to give you a perspective through my eyes and through my camera. And if you want to use it, great. I still do that. That's genius. That's beautiful. You know, I still do that because there's certain relationships that I just, I just want to cultivate. And I know that the camera does that for me. The camera allows me to create that relationship. It allows me to show them what I can do. And there, yeah, I still do that. Not as often. And this is another lesson to a creator. When I was doing, as going through that to create relationships, there were times and weeks where I was overwhelmed with work, but they were all free jobs. And I still had bills to pay. I had my rent. Valuate as a creator. If you spend five days a week, three are paid, two, you're out there just networking and doing free gigs. So you never cut yourself short of outlining what do you have to do? to get to that number. And then if you want to cultivate your relationship to do free stuff, balance the time, but just always remember that you still have to take care of yourself. That is because a, I've had those burnout moments as a creative. That is such great advice because the free gigs that you're doing is you're networking. It's almost like marketing spend Correct. for a normal company. Mm-hmm. And the way I hear you describe it, you're just showing up and delivering value. That's it. Yeah. I'm just saying, here's when you say, here's what I can do. All I hear is that I just show up and deliver value and the people who value it later pay me for it. And that's the marketing spend. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's exactly how it goes. And then you know, I've been lucky enough for when I do that nine out of 10 times, they always call me back. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've, I've been very lucky. Or if not them, they refer me. Yep. And that's happened many times um, where the, that moment as like any other friend, hey, I'm looking for X. I actually know a guy, you know, and they're able to share the video I created for them. Yeah. 
you know, it's the value. And hey, I've been able to work on this is what he did for me. Where do you want to be in the next five or 10 years? For the past six years as a creator, I would say I probably spent four years genuinely feeling like, or five even, that I wasn't good enough. Even though I, I promise you the people have that imposter syndrome, that is so real. I would go through that and think after every shoot, why, why, why do they have me? Like, so why common. me? So common. Why, out of thousands of creators in the world and that you could access or get to, why me? And lately I had a revelation of telling myself, maybe I'm not the best that I, you know, that even though I so called to me, I'm thankful to be here and, you know, for you to say the, the kind words about me, but still thinking to myself, why do I have that value to go out and serve other creators? And telling myself, maybe I don't know all the answers. Maybe that I don't have all the right strategies. But what I do have is experience. And but what and also what I do have are the resources that have gotten to me to the point where I am today. Um, which has led me to what is what will be known as the content creator galaxy, which will be my next company. Wow. And that will be essentially a marketplace to creators. A place where aspirations for me as a creator, I always wanted to travel and be paid. 2017, with every dollar I had, I would literally get paid and go on a trip somewhere and just document that and do that over and over and over. And through this company, that's what I want it to be, where I feel like that's where I'm honing in on creating opportunity for creators and also solving a massive problem in the, in the marketplace, which is the creator economy. As businesses are growing, small businesses, I'm not talking about celebrity CEOs, by the way, I'm talking about the guy who just opens the gym down the block who has 500 bucks and who needs to make a Facebook ad to help bring in more members. And then there's a creator down the block who doesn't have any network, but is phenomenal at his job and doesn't know where to go. And that's what I want that space to be, the place where you can go and essentially find the creator, find the business owner, connect them, and then grow that rapport. And for me, I think that's where I'll find my most fulfillment in the next two to five years. At last, honestly, I know I kind of do it already with friends. And I get that's where I get the most excitement from when I hear about me connecting a creator with someone and then them executing and then seeing them again and telling me how great it was. I think that's fantastic. So if you haven't started this company yet, but you, that you're yeah, it's, it's going to be soon. launched soon. Yeah, and the three, uh, three six less less than what? Yeah, less than six months. And yes, the name of soon. the company is going to be Content Creator Galaxy. Content Creator Galaxy. And then, so C. the concept is every galaxy is its own niche. So there's it. a fitness galaxy there's a real estate galaxy ah, and yeah so then okay. you kind of fall you put yourself in that kind of box of yeah. servicing them a wedding galaxy my content uh superhero over here is named hunter clark as you see here and hunter also has a pretty good niche of, of photographing cars oh that's great and he's and he's pretty good at it in fact i'm hoping hunter can come up with a question or two for you since this is kind of his space do you have any right now I'm just like so into what's going on right now. Okay, so good. I'll, I'll think of a couple. Yeah, think of a couple, and 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 since you're off camera, you let 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 me know, and and then I'll repeat them. So he's incredible. He's incredible at what he does, and I and I I know he's going to have some good questions. Um, so if I remember, you told me you had something pretty cool, maybe going on with maybe Travis Bot. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be with Travis. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he, so I think as a creator, you're always servicing yourself, and you're starting out and you're hustling and you're doing that, but you're not growing a team, you know. And that's where I've realized I'm in that point in my career where I do a phenomenal do job of trading time for money. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I really believe that I've hit the tipping point. 
there's sometimes I'll be in a couple of weeks ago, I was in three states in one day. I did three different jobs in three different states. That's exhausting. I woke up in Nevada, came to Utah for lunch, had dinner in LA. I legit did that a couple of weeks ago. After doing that, even though it was fun, even though it was cool, and I'm very lucky I get to work with some very interesting people, I realized that I can't do this forever. This is not something that I want to be doing for a long time. And that came problem. How do I change that? Solution, not just hire a team, but what if you did it all across the country? I've been, I was lucky enough. I spent 18 years in Miami. That's where I grew up. Then up, went up to New York for eight. And now I've been in LA for the past two and a half. And through that travel, I kept hearing the same problem. Number one, the creator that wants to travel. Or number two, the business owner that doesn't have me in their city and wants someone like me or know, do I know someone? And so that's the problem I want to solve. You know, the, the gap between the creator and the business owner and the business owner and the creator. And also knowing that you could have someone in every city. Right. And, that, and that's the goal um, to bring content creators to on this to the site and the business owner and just be able to experience. Because that was my whole thing, too, growing up when I was as a creator, they would always say, what's your niche? I was like, they're like, oh, you should be known as just the fitness guy that only creates fitness content. It's like, I don't want to be known as just a fitness guy. And then I would do a restaurant and then I would, you know, go to someone's birthday, do an event coverage. And then I realized, why can't I check off all the things? And I think as a creator, instead of limiting yourself, open those doors, right? To giving yourself those opportunities. And I really believe through this marketplace out that that'll be achieved. So in this in this uh, marketplace that you're creating, people can kind of tell the marketplace where their expertise is. Is that Correct. how you're bringing so, yeah, so, so the baseline the baseline of it would be uh, creator creates their account. Yep. Um, their their portfolio would be uploaded in there. The business owner would then go onto the site, search it as is city the date preferred for the event or event coverage or however they would like for the photo shoot, video shoot, whatever they need. Let it be a podcast. Let it be any time of content creation, the duration, the budget for it. And then the creators would pop up in their city. Wow. Showing what they've done, having the portfolio like Amazon, there would be reviews. Yep. Seeing their last work, what they've done and then connecting them. Wow. I think that's a great idea. And so you and Travis are going to do this Correct. together. Yeah. So I'm going to be- Travis is an accomplished CEO. For those that don't know who he is, I think a lot of people know, but Travis Botts is a brilliant, brilliant, very creative CEO yeah. and very successful. Yeah. And for him, I, you know, one of the biggest reasons why people always ask me, like, aside from the obvious, um, why did you make this decision to, to leave New York and work for Dan? It was really because I, I spent the day contemplating it. And I did contemplate it. When he made that, he said that comment to me in November. I wasn't thinking to myself, yeah, I want to go. I'm ready. I was very secure in New York. I had a friend. I had a great group of friends there. Socially, I was loving it. Business-wise, I was very happy. I had no reason to leave. I was like, why would I want to leave something that's so good? And then I had a conversation with one of my best friends down in Miami. And he said to me, your whole life, you've always tried something to make you uncomfortable you made the decision to go to new york at 18. you stayed after having a private graduate university degree and took a chance on yourself why wouldn't you take a chance again on yourself in a new city to work for someone who has accomplished amazing things and then again for me at the, and still like that today it's never about the money it, you know, I'm very lucky where I'm, I'm lucky where I get to do what I do and I get paid for it. But ultimately it's like who the person is. Yeah. And then I had real reflection on who Dan was, who, who was he as a man? Who was he as business? And then who was he as a husband? Like I really thought about everything. 
of if this is someone that I'm making a decision to move across the country to work for, is he someone I look up to? And he checked off all my yes, boxes. Yes, 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 and yes. Yeah, he, he's someone who I admire. Yeah. You know, he's someone that when it comes to business, clearly he's an executioner in every way. And he's smart. He's very, he's someone I'm going to learn from. And then the last part, he's someone that I genuinely love to hang out with. He's someone that I, I feel so lucky to to have that chance. And yeah, I still, I again, I still have those moments where I laugh and I, I think to myself, my five years ago if you would have told me that you're gonna live in la work for one of the biggest business people travel the country and the world alongside him and then have an insane network that comes along with it i would have called you crazy (laughs) i would have bet no money i would have said that's not going to be a reality for me and it wasn't because i doubted myself it's just more so it's just i couldn't believe kind of how things have played out yeah and how they've gone as you said so fast well, I think you've given some really good recipes for people who are listening on how to be successful as creatives. And some of them, and help me out. I'm going to I'm gonna repeat back what I've learned and maybe you can help me what I've left out. One of them is that you're just driven. So t- two is that you try to get better at what you do all the time. Well, Three, fine. when you're beginning, say yes, 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 yes. Four, under promise. Over deliver. And over deliver. And five, be in a good mood while you're doing it. Yeah. And show be, up with a smile. That's show up with a smile. Be pleasant. And the next thing I heard you say is like, sometimes you do some gigs for free just for networking. Yeah. And that that's actually can be like marketing spend because yeah. the people nine times out of 10 will call you back. And if not, refer refer to uh, people to you. So yeah, and, and it's just great a, advice. As a creator, I don't want to sit in my room. Yeah. If, if I know I'm not doing anything on a Saturday... And there's a friend of mine who's a DJ who's performing at a club. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, what am I doing? I'm showing up to create a new video. I'm getting to hang out with a friend or a future friend or a future client. And three, I'm placing myself in a position to win by showing up, putting in the work and doing a video and networking and just being in the room. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of been my recipe over and over. Just just show up, just do do the work and show up and do it with a smile. So I'm, I'm just going to share something from as a CEO, and that is if you can't be pleasant and showing up with a smile and you can't be dependable, then you better be way better than everyone. Mm-hmm. Because if we can find someone else that will, that will show up and someone else that's pretty good at what they do, then we're going to want to have someone that we also like to be around. Right. And I'm sure you found that working with celebrities and CEOs that that's just that's just the case. Like life's too short to surround yourself right. with people that you have to interact with and you don't appreciate their company. Right. And I'm positive that's one of the things that dance on you because you're you're a really good person. I yeah, mean, okay. you're fun to hang out with. Yeah. I'm I'm lucky I had a great upbringing. Yeah. You know, my grandmother, my my father and I'm one of five and my siblings, I, I adore them and kind of, you know, again going back to like the roots, you yeah. know, that comes from my family and when you're able to kind of you know showcase the world what you do and and if you do it with a smile i think you'll be remembered you know just before this i i kind of i laughed um i was with a friend and she we were taking a picture and she's like i love your smile and for a good duration of time i would always hide my smile because i used to always think it was weakness yeah and it was my sister who would always remind me and saying no, that's what makes you unique. And this is for the creator listening or watching. You don't always need to do something crazy to stand out. Sometimes 
the gifts that you naturally have or those that when you're supposed to show to the world and we hide them. And so don't let that stop you from showing the world what's been given to you and thinking that you need to be extra, you need to be more. It's just in you and you kind of just be yourself. And by being yourself, those who, who want to be around you will be and those who don't, it's okay. And kind of that, that took me a long time to learn that, that, that creating validation for some, for people that necessarily don't need to be in my world. That's great advice. I know I asked Dan Fleischman the same question of like, what do you need to do to stand out? And he, he meant anything. It doesn't matter whether you're creative or anything. And it's, this won't surprise you. He said, just show up, do what you say you're going to do. He goes, if, if you just show up and do what you say you're going to do, you will stand out. Yeah. And he's right. He's yeah. right. Hunter, did you come up with anything? Uh, <laughs> just, so actually, I had the one that you answered. Uh, yeah. That's that cool. Um, I guess just one of them is like, I know I talked to some creatives and they um, talk about burnout. How would you handle like, yeah. creative burnout? That's great. I actually experienced something very similar to that. Two so I don't think you hear the people can hear what, what, he asked, what Hunter asked was, have you experienced or how do you handle burnout? Yeah, I actually went through something last week where I was on, I was traveling a ton and I had that moment of just being overwhelmed. As a creator, we're constantly fulfilling other people's need by creating content, right? And we're dealing with balancing emotions and taking that in and then executing. What I did that day, it was Tuesday morning. I still remember I woke up with my heart racing. Um, I had certain deliverables that need to be done but I just genuinely felt overwhelmed. The first thing I did, I put my phone on do not disturb. Because what that does, that stops the energy from the outside world coming into mind for me to be able to come back. And by come back, I mean level out of where I am. The second thing I do is meditation prayer. I instantly put on music with no words. I love classical music. And I blasted that in my apartment. And as that was happening, I just journaled. I call it mind dumping. Everything that was in my mind that was bothering me or triggering me to feel anxious, I wrote it down. What do I have to deliver? What am I thinking about? Who should I call? You know, what are they expecting me to answer? This email, that email. How am I feeling right now? What did I do yesterday? Anything that was just running through my head, I would just mind up it. Hmm. The other thing that I do that I love to do is exercise or run. Lately, I've been um, obsessed with boxing. And by boxing, it allows, you know, insane amount of cardio. And with the time of exercising, that allows, again, for me to be disconnected. I'm not on my phone. And two, to let out any anger, kind of anything that I'm feeling on the boxing bag. Yeah. And for the creator that feels that way, anything I named is not the right way or the wrong way. It's just remembering that it's going to be okay. It's so cliche, but it's so true. It's going to be okay. As a creator, we're expected to always deliver. But in this moment, in the next 30 minutes, it's not going to change the world if you do it or not. And to take deep breaths. Yeah. And just remember that it's going to be okay and that you're going to get through it. And for me, I've found those four things to be the most helpful. You know, disconnecting myself, um, allowing myself to pray and meditate, playing music that calms me, um, and then exercising. Yeah, great advice. Um, because a creator burnout is real. It's not, it's not fake. And again, this is coming from someone who's been in for six years. Yeah. It just happened to me last week where I, I just felt overwhelmed. And and it's okay. And I, I have to acknowledge that. And acknowledging is one thing. And then the yeah. second thing is making sure what do I do to change it? That's why I mind up. Mind dump of what were the triggers to give me that anxiety? What were the triggers to feel that burnout? Um, and to make sure that the next time I experience it, kind of anything coming that way, I'm able to move maneuver around that until I get past it. 
Yeah, that's great. That's four great principles. And Hunter, I don't know that um I don't know that creatives have the corner marketed on burnout. <laughs> and so I, I appreciate what, what Roger has to say because he's saying like this is what works for me as a creative. Um, but I mean, some of the things that, that I do and I know people do, which sounds really similar to Roger is number one, have a morning routine. Like there's something powerful about that morning routine. And usually that morning routine is going to encompass meditation, uh, reading and some form of exercise. If not, if that's not part of your morning routine, then encompass that at some other part of your routine where there's regular exercise. And then the other thing is, is begin with the end in mind that you have long-term goals because having long-term goals in mind of what you're doing helps you deal with the mundane of today so that you're not, you're not just wandering around lost in a forest. So Rogers already talked about that a lot earlier of when he was doing things, it was going in a direction. And so if you have goals that are written quantifiable, then what I'm doing today isn't just today's sake for the sake of the fact that I lived today. I'm doing this because this is where I'm going, right? And so that helps me with burnout because it helps me know that that uh, this isn't a mundane task that I'm doing that has no meaning or no purpose, but it's part of the building block of my life of, of what I intend to achieve and who I've chosen I want to become. And that was that was a meaningful, useful, uh, that's, that's a good, useful piece of time for me would you, would you agree 100 percent. as you were saying that i was thinking about the other thing a, a content creator i get asked most how do you when do you say no yeah when do you say no you're you're like you say yes to everything but when do you say no um and it's what you just said now the end in mind as you start creating content and as you're doing things you start to realize the things that have self self-fulfillment in you and what i mean by that that means by doing the job, are you enjoying it? Yeah. Do you actually have fun with it? And at any point when you start to say no, that's the sign. Yep. You don't have to question it. You don't have to validate it to anyone. You simply say, this is the best line as a content creator. You're like, I don't want to say no. I feel rude to say, I have a prior commitment for that date or that time. And I, I can't be there for you. Or the the dates or the, the event or what's scheduled isn't aligning with me. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, but I won't be able to be there for you. And what I try to do is connect them with another content creator. Yeah. I do that. I'm saying, I, if I can't be that person, let me still fulfill your problem. It's great advice. By connecting advice. with someone else. And then you give an opportunity to a friend. And there's an abundance. Don't allow ego to get in the way. As a creator, thinking that your job is stolen or this client is working with another creator. Don't think like that. The more time you waste on someone else thinking about how they're making money, you're removing time from you making money. In this world we live in today, there's endless ways as a creator to make money. Let it be online on Fiverr. Let it be with your local community. Let it be your friend group. There's always that friend. Ask, Go through your contact list. Text a friend. Hey, I'm just getting started with work as a content creator or you've been in the game. I'm having some free dates. Be very intentional. I'm having free dates between these weeks. I know your mom has a bakery business. I know your dad has a car wash business. I would love to be very intentional. I would love to create three Instagram reels. 10 photos that will be used for Google pages and or create testimonials that could be on your site or Google pages and create a flat rate. Tell them what you want to do, how you want to serve them and be intentional. I promise work work will show up for you.
and perhaps over deliver. So Correct. whatever you're saying under promise and whatever you said you were going to do, do maybe do it at least that much. Yeah. A little bit more. There, there's an abundance of work. Abundance mentality is a great way to do things. But the, the one of the themes that I keep hearing you say over and over and over is that you're the solution. So you provide value by bringing people solutions, even if the solution is a referral. Yeah. Sometimes your solution is to just show up and say, I'm not taking away from what this your person's doing. I'm just here to, here's what I'm doing. And you were giving them solutions. Maybe they didn't even know there were problems that existed. Yeah. And they look at it and go, wow. Meaning you're providing solutions and value and you just keep doing that however you possibly can. And people want to be around individuals like that. One of the things I said earlier that I want to, I, I think it's a two, two-way thing because you said, when do you say no? And, and I was saying is from a CEO's perspective that if people will show up, do what they, and be pleasant because we don't want to be around people who are unpleasant. Right. So some of that, I, I, I mean, some of my sister is a top line creative. My brother who recently passed away was top line creative. And so I watched my brother say no to some of Hollywood's top executives. I was actually in the room present when he told one of the, the former presidents of one of the four major networks, mm-hmm. no. And the reason was, is he didn't like that person. Right. And he didn't want to be around the person. So the, I've noticed that the top creatives, this is for CEOs out there who are listening. If you want to have good work done for your companies, then you better be nice and pleasant to work with and also do the same things. Otherwise, people like Roger will say politely, uh, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. Is that fair to say? 100%. I, I, again, it's just you got to listen to your gut and kind of if if it's an individual that you're already starting to see and how they're speaking to you on the phone. Yeah. You know, I've learned this from Dan. Watch people. Just watch them. Mm-hmm. Don't You don't need to say anything. Just watch how they talk to other people. Watch how they hold the door open for someone if they do. Watch it. how many times they say thank you. The little things. Because those little things add up to an image or kind of, again, frequency of how they treat others. And that 100% correlates to business of what that will look like when there's problems. There will be problems. And this is another thing and a mindset trait I took away from Dan when I said to him, do you ever get overwhelmed with problems? Because he has so many businesses, he's servicing so many people constantly. And he looks at me and he says, and this this is going back to what you said, the solutions, this is where I learned it from. He said to me, he said, in life, if there were no problems, we wouldn't have jobs. That's why we do what we do. Bam. Yeah. If, Bam. There, if there wasn't problems, he wouldn't have his job. Or you or me or any of us. Of any of us. Yeah. And the moment you start thinking solution-oriented, solution everything will start to change. Think the problem as an opportunity. Even if you don't know the solution, figure it out. Ask a friend. Think an amazing thing. We have Google. You know, nowadays, you know, it's TikTok. That's one of the top search engines. If someone's done it, someone's looked it up, or someone's tried to. And even if then, then you figure it out by trial and error if you can't find it yourself. But I think that that's the, the, the biggest thing is constantly think solution-oriented. Yeah. Of, of how you could benefit not only the room, but the people around you. Good stuff. So, Roger, do you have any uh, any passion projects in the work? Yeah. So, about four years ago, I took on a mission trip to South Africa with my university. And I had the pleasure of getting to know a nonprofit in South Africa known as the Justice Desk. And the two weeks I spent there, I not only learned about the communities and the problems they're having, but I also learned a lot about myself of realizing the beautiful, simple things that we take for granted and also knowing how stepping up in my role and in my life could really serve others in ways I couldn't think of. What I mean by that 
of knowing that if I show up and put in the work and make the money I make, how far the dollar could go in a different country. Wow. And servicing children, adults, and different programs. Constantly growing up, I was, through my dad, he was always service, still today, my dad is always about service. True, You know, thinking about it and talking to you on the podcast, that's where I get it from. Like the service is my dad. My dad is that guy. And he would always remind me, he would always say every day, I have endless voicemails. What are the three good things you did today to serve people? He, would, he always says that to me. And he, through that, as a kid, I was growing up and we always did endless things, charity drives, services at churches, um, you know, soup kitchens, name it. And, you know, I was a part of it because of my dad. And that also pushed over into university. My senior year, I gave up my spring break and I led a group to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to build homes with Habitat for Humanity. Wow. It just felt right because my dad would always remind me to do that. Then I graduated and we had an opportunity to go to South Africa. Now the justice test, what makes them so special is that they attack everything. They attack human rights and the serving, and when I say attack, I mean service. Um, they focus on education, baseline education of adults and kids. Um, they help out with women who've been abused and they go through a program where they take self-defense classes wow. and then women empowerment workshops, mm -hmm. sex trafficking, which is very big there. Yeah. And they know the root of the problems that are going on there and they have their boots on the ground. And I saw the passion behind the founder, Jessica. And the moment I met her, I told her, I was like, I don't know what I could do. I know I'm not going to be here for very long because my whole thing is when you go on mission trips, you're there and your presence is made and you service those two weeks, but it's what you do after. Yeah. How are you still remembered? How do they not only remember you, but what are you doing to help the people that are there? And with them, you know, I've been so fortunate to be a part of what they've done, um, not only in South Africa, but in Zimbabwe mm. um, and other neighboring countries um, with their word and with their work to service the communities in any way they can. Um, let it be building communities. Like I said, I think that the thing I'm most... Uh, proud about and kind of being a part of was the Pakoto Club, which is the girls who've been sexually abused. Yeah. They take boxing classes and then they do women empowerment workshops. Like what, what says, you know, life changing moments in that being a part of that. And I'm so excited, you know, to go back in November. I'm going to spend about a week there, maybe two. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating, I haven't even told my family, contemplating giving up Thanksgiving, and just staying there to be there. And um, just, you know, just have that presence in mind to serve. What an amazing organization. You say it's called the, the Justice, Justice Desk. Justice Desk. Yeah. And so if people want to get involved and look into it, how do they do that? Justicedesk.com. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like an amazing organization. Yeah. And the, uh, the founder, by the way, um, she was a part of, you know, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth had the, the Queen's program. Wow. And they select 50, I believe it's 50 or 100 world leaders for the Queen under, the, you know, the assistance. They would help them financially and on the business end. Um, under the queen and she was one of the 50 or 100 leaders selected in the world wow because of her work and what she's doing and it's going back to what i said at the beginning it's not about what you tell people it's about what you do it's what you do and she's done that over and over and I'm, i feel so lucky to be a part of that organization yeah i feel so blessed to not only have been there and now go back again um you know we do weekly zoom calls or kind of you know catch up to any capacity of what's going on we have a whatsapp group of ambassadors from all over the world and um, it, it's something that I promise you, if you ever feel unfulfilled, take time and step away from what you're doing and s serve. And, and when I say serve, not only give your dollar, give your time. 
Yeah, I the, hear there's, you. There's serious breakthroughs that happen in those moments. Um, you start to have immense gratitude for where you are in life, even though things may not be going well. And this is coming from someone that has been in the lowest lows of uncertainty in every way possible and still knowing that if you're able to change someone's day, how far that can go. Yeah, so Roger, one of the three stated purposes of this podcast, the Live It podcast, is is that we all need to give back. And it's it's saying that we as human beings, just just us, to be fulfilled, to be happy, that we can't reach that measure of happiness without giving back and helping other people. And so so the call out to action is to look around and to find to find people or individuals who we can help them and help their day will be a little bit better right. from a glance, from a kind word, and from a whole lot more. Yeah. And what my, one of my favorite things, maybe my favorite thing with this podcast is talking to the Rogers of the world and finding out their passion projects about how they're giving of their, their substance and most importantly, their time to make people's lives better. Yeah. And I, I will say this lately. It's healing, isn't it? Yeah. It's healing. It is. You find massive self-fulfillment that you can't explain. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking about it, something, there was a time period where I was working and working and working, and I still am, but to a degree that I lost myself in not serving. And I tell myself I didn't have time. And then I tell myself, and this is something that I do now, is if I don't feel fulfilled, it doesn't mean that you need to go to South Africa. Right. It literally means the little things. And I, I do this. So here's an example. It was probably like last week I was in LA and I saw someone on the corner selling fruit. She's a woman that I'm sure works very hard. She's in the sun in LA. Yep. And I gave her a hundred bucks. I yep. just told her I don't need anything and I wish her the best. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that as an example of what can be done. Of You don't need to exactly change the world, but it's that concept of what I said. With my, my dad would always tell me, what, what are you doing? What are the three things that you're doing? If it's not financially... If you can't do financially, what can you do with your time? Finding that local organization, you know, spend an hour there. Yeah. You know, finding someone that, a friend, you know, you know it doesn't even need to be someone necessarily a complete stranger of how, what can you do to help them in their business or in their time and, and service them. I, I used to, I, I fought with myself. It needs to be something crazy. I need to fly to a third world country. No, it's like, you know, what, what look around, right? They say, you know, who, who can you help that's around you? There are people we can do it with every day. So yeah. like every single day we can make people's lives uh, better. And it's something we all need to do. We need to do it now, today. And mm -hmm. when we wake up in the morning, that needs to be one of the stated things that we're doing on a daily basis is to improve the quality of life and the self-esteem of people around us. Right. There's just it, there's just opportunity after opportunity, but usually we're too narrowly focused, especially those who are, who are high achievers sometimes are really focused on their goals and their mission. And if one of their, their highest stated goal in, as part of their mission isn't to help other people and to be of service, then it just isn't going to get done. Right. And, and I like talking about on this podcast and I've been criticized, you know, outside when, when, um, you know, not necessarily where people are giving me the criticisms on the podcast feedback, but mm -hmm. friends will reach out and say, I just think that's, arrogant or self-serving that you're talking about that. That's something that should be done in secret. And I'm saying, mm -hmm. I just disagree. So mm -hmm. I think that we just need to talk about it more as people. Do yeah. do I mention the, all the ways that I give? Of course I don't. Of course yeah. I don't. But I'm trying to say this should be in the forefront of people's minds. And I like, yeah. and I appreciate when guests like you are kind enough to talk about your passion projects and ways of giving back and saying that I just wish this was part of our regular conversation uh, yeah. so that there's peer pressure 
to to help other people and, and and acknowledging that when we do that, it's not just the other people who get help. It is healing to ourselves. It is healing. There's no way we can maximize uh, our own personal happiness and joy yeah. if we're not actively uh, just selflessly trying to do things for other people. The the question that came to mind while saying that is like, since when has it become uncool to serve? Yeah. Like why why when people say that to me, I genuinely it's definitely a pet peeve of mine of saying, Why are you talking about it? Why do you gotta post it? And in, in saying that, I go in that same sentence I say, But why not? What what by me serving someone and putting a spotlight on it on what can be done, I truly believe that just shows a light of what we all could do. And it's not I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not doing anything bad. Like, why would you criticize someone that's doing something good? So I'm in the pest control industry with a lot of the companies I own. And so I love it when the larger pest control companies that aren't mine spend money on advertising because it makes people realize that pest control is a good thing and that people should have pest control. Reminds right. them that there's pests. Right. And when, when anyone is doing any type of social media or social media advertising, why are they doing that? Mm -hmm. They're trying to drive people's attention and focus to something specific. Correct. So I think that in the same vein, we have a duty to do social media posts and to and to talk more about serving and doing things for others. Yeah, it's it's motivating and yeah. it's inspiring. And I think yeah, it goes back to the real purpose of social media. You should we should be socializing and talking about like having this talk. Yeah, why can't it be done at the dinner table? Yeah, and again, the trickle be. effect of that person telling that person telling that person to do something good to serve. In, in, in less than a day, change five people's lives. Yep, everyone go, conversation. everyone go grab stuff, talk about it, and then everyone go find things to do. Put it on your Instagram, put right. it on your social media. Right. Like get out there yeah. and make make it like flood the world with small and random acts of kindness. Yeah. They and don't I, even need to be random. Flood the world with love and kindness. Yeah, and I'll share a great trick for social for anyone that's criticizing you and they're constantly pulling you down. It's called blocking them. <laughs> it's the best. You'll never hear from them again. And you don't need to worry about them. Yeah. Because those are the people that are trying to bring you down for doing something great. And you can't get lost in, in forgetting that. Is that if you have a calling in serving and changing maybe that person's life. And even if it's not their life, putting a smile on their face. That one time. Why would you allow someone to criticize you that on doing that? I think I think that's that's the worst thing you could do. And just don't even remove that. You know, just remove that completely from your mind. And remembering that you did that with a good heart and intent. And if you're serving and changing people's lives that anyone else that tells you otherwise, they're, that's not someone you want to be around. Yeah. You know, that's someone that, you know, you can even have the conversation of, you know, if there's anything I could help you with, I would honestly do that of being like, hey, if you have anything going on that I can help you with, let me know. And it'll surprise you somehow, you know, sometimes when people change, but that's the greatest trick on social. If they're, if they're really going at you for doing good, just block them, block them. Yeah. yeah. It's that simple uh, because sometimes that, that, that moment, can go such a long way a couple weeks ago or a couple months now i had a friend of mine and this talks about sometimes people expect something big and just doing something small dan does a school drive every year dan goes above and beyond serving hundreds of kids uh, with school supplies for the year yep i've been documenting that for the past two years and i always felt a hole in my stomach of i wish i could be like him one day and do this I had a revelation one day. I was like, why can't I just buy $100 worth of school supplies? Like, what? Well, you know, maybe I just buy a backpack, 
fill it up and I do it for one kid. Yeah. I posted it on my social. I had a group of content creators. I have a group of creators from all over the country. It was 25 people. I said, hey guys, there's no, you know, no pressure. Um, there's a school drive coming up. Today I'm headed to the family Dollar Tree. You know, 25 bucks goes a long way at the Dollar Tree. Yes, it does. And I said, if you guys would like, here's my Venmo. Every dollar is going straight to the school drive. I'm going to document the, the process for you guys to see what I'm going to do. And this is where it gets crazy. That morning, as right before I go to the Dollar Tree, I had breakfast with Travis. Travis bought. Travis bought. Yeah. And this goes back to having the conversation about doing good. Travis said, what are you doing after this? And I knew he was going in uh, into a meeting. I said, I'm headed to the family Dollar Tree. He's like, what are you doing there? I said, um, I'm going to buy, you know, I have a hundred bucks. Um, at this point, I haven't looked at my phone. I had just told that content creator group about, you know, what I was going to do. Um, you know, and I'm going to go get as much school supplies as I can and take it over for the school drive this weekend. We finish up the breakfast. Uh, as we finish, he, he, as he shakes my hand, I feel a wad of cash. <laughs> and um, I, I look and I was like, what is this? And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't be there. And he's like, he's like, go help out some more kids. And he gave me over $1,500 cash. Yeah. In the Dollar Tree. Doesn't surprise me. He's a good dude. I, I, I felt, I've, I was so overwhelmed with joy. Even talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps. I look at my phone. I had over $300 in my Venmo balance for my friends. Wow. And these are creators that, yeah. even even then, you know, people five, may five, say 300 five, five bucks was given something. Exactly. And, yeah. it, and that's for me, it's the principle. It's the fact that you made the decision to not only serve, but give up financial commitment to make change. Even if it's $5, I don't care it's $5. $5 goes a long way. And I did another thing and I, on the way, I'm, I'm you know, I told you to pray and meditate. I prayed that I was going to run into a mom and a daughter. And if I saw them, I would tell them to buy whatever she needed for school. We are, I arrived at a Dollar Tree. It was a Wednesday. There was nobody. I was like, oh, it's, you know, that, that would have been cool. So with the money I have, I start filling up shopping carts. I filled up like six shopping carts. And 10 minutes before I'm leaving, kid you not, I still talk to her today. This young girl walks in with a six-year-old daughter. I walk up to her. And I give her a hundred dollars. She's looking at me and Chuck's like, what is this? I go, I was like, you know, I don't know what you came in here for. I was like, you know, I know school's coming up. I was like, whatever you can buy for that, you know, take care of it. It's done. And she started crying. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? It's like, I come back and I go fill up a shopping cart, whatever you need, school supplies, house supplies. I'm going to take care of it today. And through that, we served, I think it was like over like 50 to 60 kids, the, the shopping carts and that one young girl. And I made a video from it, got hundreds of thousands of views on social. And through that, I had other friends that did that in their cities. Yeah. It was like, to be exact, it was two, it wasn't that many. Yeah. But the idea was my friends literally texted me. I said, dude, I never thought about that. I'm going to decide I'm not going out tonight. I'm going to save 50 bucks. Tomorrow I'm going to go to the Dollar Tree. I'm going to never say, hey, can I send it to you? I said, of, co of course. I was like, here's, you know, here's this site, here's this program, and that's how you can help. And going back to, I, there was massive self-fulfillment in serving, but also the idea that when you talk about it, there creates a ripple effect.
It does create a ripple effect. And also when you are thinking about it and you want to do it and it's on your mind, you said you were meditating and you were looking for a mother and daughter. That kid, that's a true story. I have a picture of it and what, I still talk to them today. What if a million people right now that were watching this, just a million people in the United States once a month who have the means to do this are just thinking about it and talking about it and looking for that opportunity. And a million people go and fill shopping carts full of food, house supplies, school supplies of people who need it. What if that was done on a monthly basis by a million people? Why isn't it? What would prevent the million people here who could easily do that? What would prevent you from doing that? I wish I knew that answer. Yeah. I wish. No, I, 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 I think, appreciate I think you. it's something that, you know, just thinking about it gets me emotional, but the idea of just not overthinking it and just serving where you can, you know, and, and yeah. tithing or doesn't have to be a financial commitment obviously i just gave an amazing example because that's really what happened like i still can't believe that happened over from the top to bottom from the amount that we did in the short period of time and then how i was able to do it and i did that all under 12 hours it was less than that i i, I think it all starts with the fact that you were thinking about it meditating upon it and that you had decided to do it and so when when those people presented themselves to you then you you were your heart and mind was already open because you were looking for the opportunity i would bet that that almost all of us are passing people in the grocery stores, in the malls, on the streets, every day of people who, if we were paying attention and we'd open our eyes, they're in need. Yeah. And we're blind to it because we're too focused on ourselves. Yeah. And so we're blind to it. And if we were just if we were just aware and looking for it the way you were, it would be obvious. Yeah. And so small acts of kindness. Let's open our eyes, let's be aware, and let's 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 meet the needs of other people. Yeah, that's it. Small acts. Small acts of kindness. Roger, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to come meet with me today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. This is awesome. And uh, I've, I've actually also learned a lot from you. And I think that you gave incredible advice, not just to entrepreneurs, uh, but I think just to human beings of how to be better people. And I think that you gave incredible advice for creatives and how to be successful. And I hope that all the creatives out there are, are listening. I also think that a lot of the advice you gave, even though it was very specific for creatives, I think it's just good for people in any profession. Yeah, you baselines. Talked, yeah, you talked a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of principles. But I always enjoy being in your presence. I'm, I'm a huge admirer of your work, and more importantly, I'm a huge admirer of you as a person. Thank you. Same. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I look forward to our next conversation. As do I. Thank oh. you so much for having me.